This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me as always from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And catch him on ESPN 1000 down in Chicago. He is Jonathan Hood. It, it, I mean, it, it seems like it's been a while, but not really because the week's been weird because the fourth was on a Tuesday. I, I don't know how you guys know what day it is. I think the only reason I know what day it is because we have this show. It's on Thursday. It's the only reason I know. But on Saturday, there was a very uh, entertaining uh, premium live event that was held at the O2 in London. Featured a surprise appearance from one John Cena, but had a number of different results that we'd like to discuss right now. So right now, we're going to rank in order of importance the things that happened at Money in the Bank Saturday afternoon in London. We're going with Damian Priest winning the men's Money in the Bank, EO Sky winning the women's Money in the Bank contract, or... For the first time in three and a half years, Roman Reigns getting his shoulders pinned to the mat. One, two, three. Rank them in terms of their impact. All right. So it's not just Roman getting pinned for the first time in three and a half years. It's Roman saying, I love you, and taking a pinfall. Uh, telling Jey Uso, hey, just so you know, I love you. And I love people slowing it down so they could see what Roman had to say to Jay on that pinfall. Uh, that was amazing because – uh, usually, guys, you know how this works, right? That's Solo getting pinned. There's no way yeah. he was getting pinned, and that was Roman getting pinned. So it just shows you that, of course, he's all in. But it was such a big moment because we haven't seen this since previous to the pandemic where his shoulders were down one, two, three. And who beat him? Baron Corbin was the last person to beat Roman Reigns. <laughs> so that tells you how far the WWE was, has come. Was that the dog food match? Did Roman lose the dog food match or was that the blow off that then Roman won? I just, the, the only thing I remember about the Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin feud was that at one point there was dog food because Roman was the big dog. And that's the uh, only thing I remember is like a, a SmackDown where Roman's got like dog food everywhere. You remember more than I do of that feud. Oh, okay. <laughs> that bad, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that, that's when Roman wasn't over. He was just a uh, just a big guy taking a beating. So yep. it's for, so I mean, I think it's obvious to all of us. For me, it's Roman. Uh, I think it's uh, EO Sky, which we'll talk about a lot about here, because I think that between Sky and uh, Damian Priest, that Sky is going to be the next champion. I think Priest is going to have to wait a while for Seth Rollins to relinquish that championship. But I think that they've been looking at EO Sky for a long time, the, the powers that be. When she got part of damage control, she was the baby face in that group. Uh, people liked her more so than they liked Dakota Kai uh, uh, and, the, uh, and the leader of that group. So I think it's, for me, it's Roman Sky and it's Priest. So I agree also at Roman at the top. The one thing I will add in is, why does Roman still have the title? Because they really haven't done anything since Mania to say, hey, this is why Roman won. All of this could still happen without the world title being involved in it. But I don't think Roman hasn't defended since Mania. I don't. I, it, it, it hits different to, for him to be the head of the table, for him to be the driving force to kick the Usos out of the bloodline hits different when he's holding three different championships because they haven't gotten rid of the other two. And Paul Heyman is just sitting there <laughs> dripped in WWE gold. Like there are different visuals that those hit. And I just don't think Roman as the head of the table would be able to carry the gravitas that he did had he lost to Cody at WrestleMania. I just feel like they could have still spun it out to where like the bloodline's collapsing. He's lost the belt. He's upset about it and do it that way. But yes, the fact that he was pinned on Saturday, the pack, the fact that it was by Jey Uso, like 
that was a big moment. That was a great match from a storytelling standpoint. They all worked amazing together, which isn't surprising. Like that was a fun main event. For me, I'm going to flip the money in the bank winners. I think Damian is most impactful because I think somehow this is going to end with Damian Priest being a champion. We talked about it last week. I think him winning the money in the bank is sort of a reward for, hey, you've done a hell of a job these last few months. You were part of that Bad Bunny thing. You helped train Bad Bunny. And all that attention that Bad Bunny got for the company was because of your work in the ring. So I think they're going to reward him with the title run. In terms of EO, we've never seen a women's Money in the Bank winner cash in and not win the title. I feel like for whatever reason, that's going to happen this year. I don't know where they go. But I can see EO cashing in and not winning the title. Uh, I'm, I'm with Jay. So I think everybody, I mean, Roman Reigns getting pinned for the, yeah. pin for the first time in three and a half years has to be the biggest story coming out. It just has to be. Um, because, again, he's, he's been the biggest thing in all of professional wrestling for the last, you know, ever since he came back in the Thunderdome era. And this is the first time, not the first time this team that he's been involved with have lost, but he has lost personally, where he can't point to Sami Zayn, he can't point to Solo that they're the ones who had the their, their shoulders pinned to the mat, and and the little like kick out the way he kicked out with the low blow again, just fantastic little storytelling things that I feel you can see that Triple H influence, you know, allowing whoever produced that match to do their job. Where I feel like you know those little things just went unnoticed by Vince over the last decade plus. Right. Well, I mean, the other little thing, the moment where like he's sort of throwing a fit and Solo is just looking at him like they're planting some seeds there for Solo eventually. But like the storytelling within the story, like Mm -hmm. every part of it was amazing. It was it was so good. I I, I don't know if you guys had this little tick like I have it. But, you know, after a big event like that on Saturday, back in the day, man, Monday, there would be some hell to pay. Right, yep. mm-hmm. you go right back into Monday. That's when Raw really meant something, right? Yep. You didn't have to wait until Friday. It's like, oh, this thing happened on Saturday. Some DVR'd it, some watched it live. Hey, man, I want to see the repercussions on Monday. I want to see Roman Reigns come right down because with with Austin or Brett mm-hmm. or Sean or Vince McMahon, I mean, you knew what was going to happen on Monday. It just shows you the difference between the shows now because now you got to wait all the way until Friday to find out how Roman or the Usos felt about what happened. Well, yeah, and they're going to do, they've teased the the tribunal of Roman Reigns, and they're going to do that tomorrow night on SmackDown. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm on that. That's something I hadn't thought about because, I mean, Raw was fine on Monday, but it was definitely missing that, right? Like, because that was the, again, if it's the biggest storyline going on in your company, and yet, yeah, we're going to wait till Friday to tell it. Uh, it's, it'll be fine. No big deal. We'll just, you know. I mean, it solidifies that that Seth's show or Cody's show. Right. I understand that. Like it's the second and third and fourth storylines in the company, but it's still that little tick from the nineties and early two thousands. Like, man, the pay-per-view happened. I cannot wait. What happened? Oh yeah. We don't get that. We get Brock in Baltimore. Okay. You get a video package on Monday. That was enough for you. (laughs) That's a thing too. (laughs) If you missed it, here's some of the stills. Of what happened at the paper. Still. No, my, my my favorite is when they show the video, but then when they go for the cover, yeah. the screen just goes black. Yeah. So, I'm I mean, no, you, you got to have Peacock if you want to see that hand hit the mat for the third time. You got to have Peacock if that's what you want to see. Um, I mean, they're still doing that from the 90s. They're still giving you still for the referees in place. Lateral press. Hook of the leg. It's like, what, what, what happened? Oh, I got to order the pay-per-view. Oh. I, I guess... 
I guess I the replay on Tuesday night. Don't forget, that's when the replay pay per view is Tuesday night. Order it again. Order it now. Come on. <laughs> uh, I I am going with EO Sky though as uh, my, my number two coming out of that. They've teased this breakup for a while. They kept it together. I, I don't know if it was because of the injuries within Damage Control, but man, like I I kind of had the feeling that this could have been EO's when they went to Saudi. Mm-hmm. Every, because I, I could not believe how over she was in Saudi Arabia. And we talked about it at the time, how like Bianca didn't know what to do. Bianca's like, <laughs> I, okay, I guess I'm a heel now. I don't know what's going on where, where EO sky was just so over. Um, and hopefully she continues to get great reactions, but I think that we could see both of these briefcases be held on to for a while because both briefcases have kind of parallels, you know, very similar storylines where, They're both now part of a faction, and in order to cash in, said individual may have to break away from that faction. At least we know that's going to be the case for EOS Guy. They've teased it for a while. They've started to plant the seeds now of potentially Judgment Day, what goes on for them going forward. Maybe they find a way to regroup, and Damian Priest can win the title, and they'll still be together. Who knows? But we're setting it up where both could hold on for, for quite a while. And I don't think that's a bad thing because it, it, it seems like every money in the bank, the women, you know, whoever the, the women's money in the bank contract holder would cash in that day or the Monday night raw after in the case of Oscar, she ended up winning it the next day, winning the women's championship because Becky had to leave because of her pregnancy. But I, I would love to see the women's holder have it for a while. And even like last year after Austin theory won, they just kind of decided to punt on it in the fall. They're like, ah, we don't know what to do with this. Go after the U.S. title. So I I think that Triple H probably has a long-term idea for both of these. And I would not be surprised if we saw both hold on to it for six-plus months. Because that's the Triple H thing, Mm -hmm. I think, the important thing. Like, we see those sort of Vince-isms, but, like, EO and Damian winning are very Triple H-ish, I feel like. Like, they're up and coming. They've worked hard. They sort of earned it. It's not people we've seen in the title picture forever. So that gives me hope that it is going to be a fun run for both them with the briefcases. I should speak on Damian Priest because, and I've been a fan of him from the beginning. I just know I saw him in the Indies as Punishment Martinez, which is a much better name, by the way. Punishment (laughs) Martinez. What a name, right? But as, as Damian Priest, though, gave, I mean, here's a guy here that's held up both end of the judgment day the edge run and and mm-hmm. now and the prince run i mean he's the guy that stands out the most this is not a shot at dom it's not a shot uh at what we're seeing with rhea ripley i'm just saying that i've always seen champion in him yeah and i just and, and as you laid it out i mean it's a it is the wwe saying thank you for laying down for bad bunny thank you for losing a lot of key matches um you did not pout you're a professional, and he's one of these veterans that's been around for a long time. So I think Triple H definitely respects him. I'm just thinking that he's going to be the next World Heavyweight Champion. I just don't know what show. I think they love Seth being the champion. The only thing I'm concerned about is the tread on the tires of Seth. I mean, this is he ain't Orange Cassidy. Okay, what I'm what I'm saying is like few are. He's been around for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Some house show all of a sudden he's got an, an, an injury. I'm not rooting for it. I'm just saying that Seth's been going for a long time. And so I just think that at some point we're going to see Damian Priest as champion, maybe sometime at the end of the year. Would not surprise me. Yeah, I'm 100% there. Like, and, and to me, if you're Triple H and you still have to run these ideas, like Damian Priest looks like a Vince guy, right? Like he's big, he's tall, he's, you know, sure. like 
to me, that's an easy sell if you're Triple H, um, you know, to, to sell that to Vince. And yeah, I, I think both these people, I think both Damian and, and EO Sky become champions. I don't know where EO is going to fit in, but again, you've got a story to tell with their breakup. You know, you've, you've, you're you're probably going to have that breakup match, I would assume, at Summerfest, or Summerfest, in Milwaukee, I've got Summerfest <laughs> on my mind, at SummerSlam, which is uh, in Detroit. <laughs> Final week of Summerfest, check it out in Milwaukee. There should be wrestling there. I've always thought there should be wrestling at Summerfest. They should set up oh, a ring. yes, they should. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's always been a solid wrestling town. So I don't know why there's never been wrestling at Summerfest. Oh. I've always thought it should be. Shout out to so back here, you know, Gruber Loves is one call. That's all here in Milwaukee. He's a huge sports fan. He's got a sports zone that we do our live broadcasts from. Yeah, mm-hmm. why not? We should get a ring in there. Make you it know. happen. Maybe, maybe you know what? My hope. This is what I'm going to start. I'm, I'm going to start pushing for this. I don't know where we're going to get the money, but a Bad Bunny double feature. Mm. Man, he headlines on one of the stages, <laughs> then come over and mains event whatever wrestling show we're putting on. Summerfest, that's a free idea right here from GKW. And in Milwaukee, he has to face Silas Young, right? Like, that's a Milwaukee rule? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. well, Silas oh. is going to be on the card. Like, it's, yeah, it's... Yeah. Relentless human! Relentless <laughs> human! It's the Milwaukee rule. That's, I'm God. sorry, I... I'm sorry. The, the the common council continues to uphold that rule every single year. They have a meeting over it. I I have no control over the Silas Young rule. Packer fan Silas Young, bless <laughs> real man. And I was rooting for him too. He's he's looking up the, at the lights for like three minutes. Uh, <laughs> shows. I'm like, come on, man. I paid good money to see that guy in the Indies. Oh I man. Said, I paid good money to see Silas Young. Well, he have a talent. When he wrestled here last year, it was people were going crazy for him. Yeah. And like I, I have a funny feeling everybody on TV is like, why the hell? Because he had no introduction on TV, right? Because he's no. Silas Young. Like there was no introduction from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know? So like I'm sure people on TV were very confused as to why Silas Young was so over with the <laughs> AEW Milwaukee crowd. They, they, they dissed him like they dissed uh, Daddy Magic and uh, The Butcher. Oh, and yeah. The oh. intro. Wow. wow. And they came up. And they came up with a tremendous nickname just to have one match and lose. Magic Very Meat. They were Magic Meat. Magic Meat. And it was fine. And then, of course, they got the jobber intro. I'm like, that's brutal. They're yeah. better than that. sign number one that the JAS is going away. Um, but those were kind of how we – that's we're moving on to, you know, AEW. We'll, we'll get to some of that, in, I'm sure, in just a little bit. That's the top story in professional wrestling coming out of Money in the Bank. We have three other stories we want to touch on throughout the course of this episode. We like to call it the three count. Brian, what do we have at number one? One of the biggest reactions from Money in the Bank that would come from one L.A. Knight who did not win Money in the Bank. Triple H post show says, though, quote, good things come to those who wait. So what should the WWE do with L.A. Knight? Okay, I understand Triple H saying this. However, Trips, buddy. Oh, oh, oh. Well, like, I mean, okay, yeah, you're in charge. And and I am giving Triple H the benefit of the doubt. However, I'm still not sure how much power you're going to have once this whole Endeavor thing starts. And, and, and sitting at the top of that is going to be Vince. I would say for the last, what, 10 years? Good things have not come to those who have waited if you were a WWE fan. It was very much a... Vince wasn't telling long-term stories. Vince was telling stories for right now. Vince was telling things in the immediacy. And whatever happens in the future, who gives a shit, right? We're going to do what we have to do right now. And just... So given the history of WWE, yes, I think you're doing the right things right now. 
and and you're telling one of the greatest stories in professional wrestling with what you're doing with the bloodline, a storyline that's been two and a half years in the making. However, I when it comes to long-term storytelling, I'm still not quite ready to go, oh yeah, absolutely. I trust that you're going to, you know, lead us to great things when it comes to LA night. I, I just I don't have that faith in WWE at this point. I'm I'm getting there. They're starting to build that trust with me as a fan. I'm just not all the way there yet. Tater72 on our YouTube. Go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube page. Good Karma Wrestling says, please get that U.S. title off of Theory. What he's saying is, is that that's where he wants L.A. Knight to go. Get the title off of, of Theory. It's You know, it's funny. They've been working house shows, by the way, so they might be teasing that. Yeah, we'll see it soon. Um, and I, I ignore Theory now. I'm like, I'm, he's, he's got so much heat with me. Just like, you are not changing. You're still the same guy from a year ago. You he don't beat have John Cena another... at WrestleMania, though. That didn't make him a star? No, because oh. John buried him before the match. <laughs> that's right. why. That's why. No, that's the, that's the reason why. No, he was not a star because John uh, Cena was a dick and he buried him beforehand. Yet John Cena, the only guy with no script, no bullet points. Just go out there and just say whatever you want. It was it's bad for a young. We talked about it. That's bad for a young talent. Absolutely. What I'm telling you is that Cena should have stolen the punk line. Tell me when I'm telling lies, because he didn't tell a single lie during the entire promo. Yeah, but he I thought Grayson theory. Waller looked good with him Saturday. That was a All plus. Right. That, that'll be fine. That, that that was how long was that promo when he came? That up was long. About, about, about ten minutes. About it felt like a half too, hour. Yeah, about eleven minutes too long. That's how long that was. <laughs> what I'm saying is, guys, is that. Okay, so Theory would be the guy that L.A. Knight should face and take the title off of him. But here's the thing. He's over, and that's a win for me. That's a win for me. From where he went with dealing with the Fiend and all that nonsense brought to you by Mountain Dew, that's a win for me. Well, even before that, go back. He was a manager of the Maximum Male Models. He was Max Dupree. For him to get that response, not only in the United States, but also in the UK, uh, uh, in Puerto Rico, we see it. So it's everywhere now. And so people catch the, they get the catchphrase, they get him, and they love this guy. And so it's okay. That's a win for LA Knight. I've seen him interviewed right up to Money in the Bank, and he says he's surprised at the type of reaction that he's getting. So he'll get his, not like, not, he's not going to beat Roman or like Seth anytime soon, but at least he's over. And that's a, you know what for me in this iteration of WWE, check mark good. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, and I think from a WWE like lens, we're looking at it like he might have hit his ceiling already. Like just being this over, being this excited for the fans to see him, like that might be it. Because Saturday was your opportunity to say, man, this guy's over. How do we work him into world title picture? You give him that damn briefcase, and then all of a sudden he's in the world title picture. Imagine the reaction of him cashing in and beating Rollins at any point. It would have been massive. It would have been right up there with the Dolph cash in. And now they're just saying, like, all right, great. Like, the U.S. title, what does that mean? Like, theory, like, as much as they've done a good job of elevating the mid-card titles, that U.S. title isn't one of them. It's not on the same level as the IC title. Like, that's just a prop. Theory's held that belt since November. And it means nothing. And that included being in the ring with Cena at Mania. So, yeah, they'll give him the title, and maybe that means something. But, like... It's not going to be some massive moment that we get out of him. So, Gabe, it's, it's, so Gabe, it's protagonist versus antagonist. If 
if you have a guy that's over as much as he is, and I just think that LA Knight is over, so who's the opponent against him? Like, he should be against an establishment. He should be – it's him and the crowd. It's kind of like that Austin thing, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. about Steve Austin, where it's like he's against the establishment. He's against something to steamroll over something to get to somewhere. Him beating Theory is a one-on-one matchup. Theory doesn't have a manager. He doesn't. He's not in a faction. He's just, it's just a guy. So if he beats Theory, then what? Like, he's not beating, as I mentioned, not beating Roman. He's not beating Seth Rollins. He's not beating Gunther, right? So it's LA. So what's next? To me, as is, he's a great character. I think you have to let that character develop. I'm not trying to strap, strap a, a championship on him tomorrow, but you got to be able to have something that you, he could fight for that makes sense. Well, would you be okay with him beating Gunther? Like him being the one to end that run? That, that wouldn't seem right. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, I understand. Like him against Imperium, those guys. That's right. almost. I mean, without having backup, that's even look. That doesn't look realistic, right? I mean, look yeah. at that little like little LA night against those three behemoths. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the worst ring announcer of all time. <laughs> oh, and like it's it's the ultimate heel move because I think everybody was starting to like. um Samantha Irvin's introduction for them too much because the way she sold it. So now they've stopped having her do it and having him do it because, yeah, they were getting too over as baby faces when they're a heel faction. Where WWE screwed up here is LA Knight didn't need to win a world title. Winning the world title equivalent would have just been grabbing that briefcase, man. Like, mm-hmm. you could have created a great moment. Like, he could have cashed in later, and he could have lost, and he still could have rebounded from it, and then gone on to fight with Theory and do whatever. But, like, you could have had a really over moment. I don't think, personally, as as happy as I am for Damian Priest, the performer, that he has that briefcase, and I think he's going to be a world champion. Like, Judgment Day is already in the main event. Like, Judgment Day is featured heavily on every single Monday Night Raw. Like, they're already elevated. Like, L.A. Knights is over despite not being on every show, despite not being on every PLE, despite not always showing up. Whenever he does, the crowd loves him, and they get behind him. And I think you could have gotten Damian Priest in a match against Seth Rollins without a briefcase because you already have the faction that he's a part of feuding with Seth Rollins. And I think Damian Priest could have gone over there, and it would have been fine. And that's also the reward. Thank you for putting in all the hard work and doing all the things we just talked about with Damian. Mm -hmm. With L.A. Knight, giving him that prop and letting him carry it around and just have, I I just feel like he becomes more dangerous. If you let him float because he's got the briefcase, let him be on SmackDown, let him be on raw, let the crowd pop with him. You could have done more things with that briefcase with LA Knight than I think you can with Damian priest, even though I think that LA Knight as the, as the briefcase holder ultimately probably fails in his cash in attempt. I think it could have been a lot of fun for the crowd and you'd always have that moment of him winning it where they've just, they've been so close and having those really exciting popping moments and they only cashed in on one and that was Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico. For him to cash in on Seth? Because that's what we're talking about here, right? Uh, I mean, if he holds on to it, maybe he cashes in on somebody else down the road or, you know, or who knows, maybe he takes the big swing and goes after Roman and gets pinned, you know, it just because he's that kind of guy, right? Like he's got that, you know, oh, I've got the balls to cash in on this guy and he fails. But I think if you'd have done that, he still could have rebounded. You could have still put him in a feud with Austin Theory. He goes over and still can, you know, if you want him to 
earn a different way to get to the world championship. I just feel like you could have done a lot more things with LA Knight. The dude is so over. You had an opportunity. And people were excited, you know, because I think the crowd there at the O2, basically, they got it. Like, okay, yes. hell, this this is a great guy. We, we respect him. But, man, they'd have had a lot more fun if LA Knight would have grabbed that briefcase. Think about that match. You guys saw it, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was really more about Logan Paul, yes, mm-hmm. than it was about L.A. Knight. What give me the give me the memorable spot with L.A. Knight? He didn't have one, and, and that's when I knew ladder. he wasn't winning. Yeah, like he climbed the ladder a couple of times and got close, and the crowd was eating that up. Like he didn't need any moments in the match, but yeah, that was it. Yeah, I think that on Bet US, I think it was who was the favorites. It was Logan it was Paul. L.A. Knight. It was and, just L.A. Knight. And L.A. Knight, yeah. And so they they it wasn't a swerve because I can you can understand that Damian Priest. You know, get in the briefcase. I get it. Like the other guys that were distant. Like I understand what, like Ricochet was there to be a, a spot monkey. That's pretty much what it was. Like, and he had some memorable moments. So, <sighs> I, so I, I love that. I mean, but jeez, that Spanish little, fly. Yeah, made me a little worried for both him and Logan Paul. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're supposed to hit Spanish flies with your head first right. on the table. Um, don't think that's how that was supposed to go. Well, Logan Paul in his podcast talked about it. He said he slipped or like Ricochet moved the rope, caused him to sl- uh, slip. And he's like, all right, we're not going to do this. And he's like, oh, shit, we're doing this. And that's what they did. <laughs> he was not kayfabe in that interview, by the way. He, t- he gave up all the secrets. Yep. He, told, he told everybody everything that was happening there. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the what if with Logan Paul. Like what, what if he would have won it? Like, mm-hmm. so he's on his podcast and he could have been coming in and out of the company. But, you know, I'm totally fine with it. But with L.A. Knight, he'll get his. He'll get rewarded for this. But you know how they slow play it? We love him. So that means the office doesn't love him Correct. as much. So you know how this works? This is, this is Daniel Bryan all over again. He'll get his, but it's at their timetable, not ours. Well, that's the worst thing you can do in the WWE is get over without the help from the back. Like, getting over organically is, like, the biggest black mark against you. Like, oh, sorry, we can't push you now. Matt Cardona slash Zack Ryder. Yep. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you already mentioned Brian Danielson, CM Punk. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Yep. I mean, you, you can go on with the list of, of guys who organically got over with the crowd in the last decade. And and some of them have been rewarded, but others have been very much discarded. <laughs> yep. It's just weird. It's almost like they say, okay, these guys are over. Let's put them on house shows. Do they draw on house shows? Yes. Okay. We'll put them in semi-mains. Will they draw on semi-mains? Yes. Do they draw on, on social media? Yes. Are so they selling what else? merch? Yeah, they sell merch. Yes. So, what else do you need, right? Why do you still wait when all these you're checking all these boxes, right? So, why do they wait? If it's AEW, it's like okay, immediately. Yep, this is the person. Push him as you know. But WWE's always been that way, and that shows you the Vince influence is still there. Yep. What do we got at number two, Brian? In the AEW world announced last night, July 19th, it'll be AEW Blood and Guts from Boston. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and a mystery partner take on Moxley, Claudio, Wheeler Yuta, Takesha, and a mystery partner on that side as well. So who should the mystery men be on either team? Well, it, it kind of seems that they're already telegraphing who, unless it ends up being a swerve from from Kenny Omega, just based on some of the things he said, some of the things he's posted on social media, it would seem that the goal, and, and there have been rumors about this person potentially joining AEW, and that is his former Golden Lovers partner, 
Kota Ibushi. So he it, told the crowd last night post show that he has recruited a quote old friend. Okay, that that's that's so inside. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, like uh, first of all, yeah, I've heard the, the Golden Lovers. What a weird name. That, that's just, <laughs> just a bizarre name. And so like blood and guts. So I expect, you know, guys just going at it, bleeding and cutting themselves up. It's like that guy, Kota Bushi, is he ready for that? Can he provide that kind of entertainment? Because to the Boston crowd, if you're if you're in the New Japan, cool. But if you're not, you're like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. Right. That's Forbidden Door all over again. Yeah, well, and so you would have to almost introduce him with a video package next week, right? Are you going to save these mystery partners as an actual surprise in two weeks when they're in Boston? Why isn't it Okada? Hmm. <laughs> At least someone, it's someone you know. It's just yeah. like, right. you just saw him in the main event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, and, and Okada has had a presence on your televisions right? You know, over the last handful of weeks because of Forbidden Door. Like, that would make a lot more sense than, look, and I understand you want to get Ibushi involved and, and you want him to be a part of your company maybe going forward. So I guess that's a way to introduce him. But, like, then you got to do, then you can't let it be a surprise because then you're Correct. running the risk of what happened. And I've told this story before when I was sitting in there in Chicago the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and the Butcher, Blade, and Bunny came out and everyone's like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> But they've done that multiple times. Like when LAX debuted on the first Dynamite, like the Dark Order guys, everyone's like, huh? And they're like, oh, lights go out. Like, it's like, okay. Like, but like, this could be an opportunity to like, you throw someone in there and like, you light a fire under them. Like, we've talked a lot about how they've sort of squashed Wardlow. Imagine Wardlow getting that opportunity. Make him the fifth man on the elite team. Like, that's a huge opportunity for him. And it heats him right back up. A name we know. Right. There you go. I mean, someone that's been that the fans have been invested in Golden Lovers. Really? Right. It's it's you know it just shows you that there's two Americas when it comes to wrestling, right? <laughs> I, I remember when uh, when the Undertaker, of course, you know that Prince of Darkness, blah blah blah, and they had like this mystery guy that's supposed to take on the Undertaker, and the mystery guy was supposed to be Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel against Ooh. the darkness, right? And Vince said, "Who?" And bring him in. And he and, and Vince saw Christopher Daniels. And Daniels, he wrestles tall, but we know he's under six foot. Mm-hmm. That was a kiss of death right there. It's like, well, first of all, I don't know who you are. And secondly, you're a little guy. So, But in AEW, it makes sense, right? Let's bring in the Prince of Darkness, the Undertaker, against Christopher Daniels, who we all respect Christopher Daniels. Oh, yeah. For years. But in WWE world, it's like, if he came down the aisle, they wouldn't know who the hell he is. They, they assume the WWE audience wouldn't know what it is. Same thing here. It's like, let's say that the, all the AEW fans won't know who that is, but I'd like to have someone, I don't know, that's on the roster that I've invested time in to be, be able to be part of this. And, Brian, you might as well break this down because this is already a mess, right? This yeah, whole so- thing. Yeah, you, you also about- had last night after the show Wheeler Yuta outside the ring being tended to by doctors looking at his leg. Today he tweeted, shit. That's all he said. So there might be need for a second person on the uh, BCC team as well. Because Danielson's out. <sighs> yes. Danielson is out with a broken arm. Eddie Kingston is out because he's in the G1, which sort of makes it 
doesn't make sense because you've heated him up the last few weeks and you knew he was in the G1. So you're down at least two and possibly three, depending on Yuta. Yeah, I mean, you could have done something fun if if Eddie was available where he, you know, Moxley convinces him to wrestle and who knows, you know, like that just always kind of becomes a wild card. Yeah. Will he just randomly punch Claudio Castanoli? You know, <laughs> like it's could have been, could have been a fun part of the match of, is he actually going to wrestle with the BCC? Yeah, obviously he's out. I, I, I am struggling to come up with names to wrestle with the BCC. That, that makes sense. Like I'm, I'm really struggling for names. Well, I'm a, well, pull it up. Let's take a look at the heel side. I mean, there's plenty so, of guys, but are they over enough to be part of this BCC to be to, to kind so, of do the same things that those guys do? But here's right. the problem. Like, again, trying to – so I understand where they try to recruit Kota Ibushi because you have – and my problem with the elite is they've always been way too inside. They just get way too inside their own shit, and, and it's – bugs the crap out of me, right? Like, oh, everybody must watch our YouTube show. Oh, everybody watched our New Japan stuff. So clearly, Kota Ibushi, or Kota Ibushi makes sense here. No, it doesn't really make sense. Other than Ibushi would, would back up Kenny in a blood feud. Who from the heel side, like, because you're heels, you're out for yourselves. Who are you getting from the heel side to randomly enter a blood feud in the bloodiest, most physical match that AEW has? So the only names I had, and this is from a just on TV stuff we've seen storyline, Jericho. Yeah. The way you sort of teased that last night, and maybe it's a different Jericho. I know it doesn't do much for you. And same thing is going to do less for you. Someone from the Dark Order. You know, they're hurt by Hangman. Like, do you throw Evil Uno in there and give him a shot and try and make a star out of one of those guys? I don't want to see the vest in a cage. Get that, <laughs> get that vest off. And start well, fighting. He would be a heel with a heel. You don't have the vest. Total, those are the rules. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, maybe you know what? He, you know what? We might be onto something. We might be the first podcast to do Get this. Get Johnny Hungy in there. Use him as a cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't take anything seriously. So now he's going <laughs> to smile and, and bleed. He didn't take anything seriously. Nothing says curtain jerker like that guy. Um, so, so I would just say, I think we onto something with Jericho, Gabe. Yeah, I mean, it's the only one that makes sense. Yeah, based on – because you've thrown in Takeshita into this whole mess. So with Takeshita being involved, that means Callis, you know, obviously is indirectly involved. So Callis recruiting. So, I mean, I I don't know what Hager's up to. Do you grab Jericho and Hager in the the opportunity if you need two? Do you just grab two from the JAS? Hat. He's just out there fighting with a purple hat on. That's that. That's what you want in the cage. Guy fighting with a hat. You want Look, I, I love Daddy Magic, but they just gave him the jobber. You know, <laughs> can't get cool hand on TV. The other two are in the random ass tag team tournament they're running over there. Nobody else in the JS makes sense. Hager's not doing anything. How many teams are in this tournament, by the way? Are they going to show us a bracket, or are we just going to get matches every week? I mean, now? they they say quarterfinals, so I assume there's only eight. Because oh, okay. then we have the semifinals, and then the final. I would assume, <laughs> but they have never actually showed us a bracket or anything, so you can't. Who could say? They they're they're moving way too fast. Yes, they're moving way way too fast. You you have holes in your schedule to be able to have one of these, and so. I keep asking myself the question. I say, I say to myself, self, <laughs> why would MJF want the tag team championships? And I, it was laid out on television. It's very nice. Like he's got the diamond ring. He's got the world championship. What about being a tag team? It makes zero sense. He's mm-hmm. MJF. Why would he want to be in a tag? He's the devil. Why would he want to be with someone? I know they're trying to tell a little story here. That's fine. But I mean, it's like you have this tournament. You didn't tell me what the name is a tag team tournament. 
Why is there need? Why is there need for this tournament with FTR as the champions? I don't understand what they're doing here. It's too fast. Too yeah, much. They, they haven't expressed it at all. Mesh question: Who runs two tournaments at the same time? Who does TK. that? Well, and, and it's essentially three because you have the men and the women's Owen men, tournament. Yeah, yeah that's a great, very who, good point. Who, who runs three tournaments at one time? What is he Anti-Vince. on? Anti-Vince. Because we always hear that Vince hates tournaments, so AEW's got them all. <laughs> I think we should have another tournament. I think we should have another <laughs> tournament. It'd be great. You know, but, like, the tag team division is strong in AEW. Why are you doing a random tag team tournament? Right. And then actually putting a, a team that could be seen as a tag team from the JAS together in Garcia and Guevara. And then also the fact that I believe FTR, since they've won the belts months ago, have defended on TV, I think, once. So there's that. So I, so as it is, and we need to circle back on this topic because we'll see who's healthier as we get closer to right. blood guts. But, I mean, it's there's a lot of holes here. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they go with this. Like Daniels is not going to be involved at all. And then, I mean, is I, there any way to like? I know they're trying to separate some of the guys, but like Callis goes on collision, and then you bring some attention there, and he's recruiting like you know, like a Joe, like just from like an ass kicker standpoint. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, look, I, would I be in for more Samoa Joe in my life? <laughs> would I be for Samoa Joe? The you know someone's submission machine to be featured in a bloody physical match. Yeah, sign me up for that. Right. I don't know if it makes sense it, the story you're trying to tell here. Like it, the the problem, the problem with the, these AEW blow off feuds is they never end up actually getting blown off with yeah. the stadium stampede and all these different like you know the anarchy in the arena. Like these, like how are you having an anarchy in the arena? And a blood and guts match as part of all in the same feud. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of not blown off feud, shout out to Swerve and Keith Lee. <laughs> you you dare show us like film from like February, like it, 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 on, on a feud you never closed, you never paid it off. It's, I it's, think it's, one of the first clips was from December. It was like we realized how crazy it is, but I was like, wait, what? Like. It's it's like Gabe saying, coming up next, we'll talk about the Bucks offseason, and he never pays it off for months. It's like he never brings it up again coming up on ESPN Milwaukee. Like he, he teases the Bucks offseason and never says anything about it for, for like five months. That that wouldn't work. And then we're doing a segment where I do, I'm drawing random topics out of a hat and oh Bucks offseason. Oh, I guess we can talk about that now. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Just like so. I mean, we'll see. Let's get back to this, though. That's a good yep. question. Because we'll, if it's it's not revealing itself, we got to figure this out ourselves. Yeah, it's 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 a problem because again, like this is a blow off feud, and who just wants to go? Yeah, I'll be in your blood feud with you. <laughs> what? Because it's serious, right? Yeah. This is like more serious than war games. More serious than uh, elimination chamber. It's supposed to be blood and guts. Well, you and do then, it to where like Callis is like a money guy, like he's paying someone to be the hired muscle. Like do it that way. Yeah, I think he he's trying to find people for his family, and the family could be temporary, could be long term. Yeah, I, I mean, so I I think my dream, my 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 wet wrestling dream would be Dom managed by Don Callis, <laughs> based on the, the reaction from the crowds. Those guys awesome. are heels. 
we couldn't we couldn't handle it as a wrestling community. We did, we can't boo loud enough if both of them are together in the same place at the same time. We wouldn't be able to handle it. We can't we can only boo so much before we become hoarse for the rest of the show. Um, and yeah, and then on top of it, you have John Moxley today in interviews talking about why he bleeds so much because. Um, and, and the reason he gave was essentially that, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, we're taking elbows to the face every day. You know, every match we have out there, we're taking these, you know, cho- like, how tough are we? Like, who are, we're not, you know, we're not superheroes in terms of like, if you get hit in the head enough, you're going to eventually bleed. This is supposed to be a combat sport. So that's why he believes in bleeding as much as he does. And for those of you that can uh, stomach it, uh, you can look up on social media him with skewers in his head from this past 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Yeah, I think that says a lot for his wife. Honestly, that that says a lot for for her to tolerate that. She must have some darkness too. I mean, honestly, God, like, how do you allow that? Like, at some point, you say, "Hun, remember Forbidden Door? Remember when you didn't bleed? We need more of that. (laughs) More of that." Uh, What do we have at number three, Brian? All right, it might be Keith Lee and Swerve here. So obviously, a lot going on in AEW. We talk about blood and guts. Which AEW story are you most interested in right now? It it oddly might be MJF and Adam Cole. Like, it's my guilty pleasure of wrestling right now. It is so dumb. It is so stupid. And I agree. I have, I have enjoyed it. Like, I, Adam Cole doing bench reps. Like, I, I enjoyed that. The whole birthday celebration last night for Adam Cole. Hilarious. I don't know why they're doing this to MJF. Like, I don't know how he goes from being the devil to being, like, the butt of every joke. Um, I, I don't know why they're doing that to him. But I'm oddly enjoying MJF and Adam Cole, baby. Oh, excuse me. We're better than you, baby. I mean, I can't wait to see the double clothesline. Like, that's going to be such a big <laughs> moment when they hit that. You know, <laughs> well, let me just, before I go into that, let me just say what I'm really happy about is it shows the versatility of MJF. And we've seen yes. this yes. several times in the company. I mean, imagine him just being a guy that uh, is a baby face and just, is that, you know, how many devil worshipers do we have? Well, Canada was all about it last night. They mm-hmm. loved because deep down, I think that the average wrestling fan loves MJF. They don't like yes. what he says, but they just love the talent. They love the promos. He's one of the faces of the company, all that. So I like his versatility. The guy tries to do a reversal into the cake, right? He's like, I'm going to put Adam's face into the cake because it's his birthday. He gets reversed into the cake, and MJF takes the cake right to the face. A small cake, by the way. Yeah. And then MJF sits there on the mat laughing. He's just laughing like, yeah, they got me. And I just thought that that was perfect. That's one of my favorite parts of that segment. Like, yeah, I'm laughing. They got me. You know, and so Adam Cole is not, he's, he's smarter than this. I don't know how this all ends. But I just think that, I guess, because they're wasting time putting MJF in this situation as a tag team with Adam Cole, they might as well just have some fun. I mean, because that is the most WWE thing I've seen on AEW in a while. Mm-hmm. If this is a, if this was in WWE, we would shit all over it. You know that's true. Uh no, this because it's yes, we would. It's yes, we would. It, last night had and it wasn't to the level because he ended up having the big turn at the end, but it had Festival of Friendship yes. vibes to it, and Festival of Friendship agree. was fantastic. It's only because we know how this movie ends. That's why I'm rolling my eyes at it. It's just like okay. All right, so and Adam Cole knows that this is the devil that you're dealing with, and yes. yeah, 
I mean, it's, it's cool that they're a tag but, team, but but they're they're hinting that he might be falling for the trap. Like he agreed to another bro session. You know, he he genuinely thanked Max for the birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. He may be falling for the spell of the devil. I mean, is there any chance we see Cole turn? Not that they become like a tag team or him just sort of become more heelish. Oh, that would be a hell of a turn. What what uh, Adam Cole is the Bianca Belair of AEW? <laughs> All of a sudden, that's a little slight turn. The answer to the question is, is uh, Blackpool Combat Club, anything they do, I'm interested in. And I know they're maybe down two guys, but I think that <laughs> anything they do is interesting to me. And, of course, still in the back of our minds, guys, is something with CM Punk and mm-hmm. the Elite. Is something still in the back of our minds? How how about CM Punk attacks the cage and blood and guts gets the bolt cutters and tries to get in, like right? something like that, like just to keep it keep the fire stoked. Something, right? The Blackpool Combat Club, though, to me is very interesting, and I think that anything that CM Punk is doing, uh, I think is fascinating too. I guess if we're watching on Saturdays or DVRing it, we're colliders. Did you hear this? Yes, uh huh. That's how it we're, is. We're colliders now. Uh, and that gives me a moment to, to go off on Dave Meltzer for a second. <laughs> give me one minute on him. Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, these guys. Okay, and John Pollock. I'll throw him in there as well from post-wrestling. Guys, we all know that we're busy on Saturdays, okay? We understand that all these shows are not live. Some of them are taped. To talk about the ratings over and over again about, well, it's the summer and Saturdays aren't very good. They keep slipping the ratings. Do you understand that AW is getting paid to put these shows on? You think they give two shits about the numbers on a Saturday night against UFC, against baseball, against everything else? I mean, they're MLW today, NWA today wishes they had two hours on Saturday nights. They wouldn't care about the ratings. They just they would care about being paid for the time. So this whole idea that they measure like, well, this collision show, and Eric Bischoff the same way, boy, these shows are struggling. And you know, CM Punk's not a draw. Not true. Not true. They're building on something. Dynamite's not a complete product yet. So because it's a young company. So I'm just so tired of these guys, all their podcasts are leading with, boy, the collision ratings are bad. Rampage is bad. They're getting paid for it. All these little, all these little companies wishes they had like an hour or two for wrestling. Stop talking about, oh, it's 400,000. It's going down. It's the 4th of freaking July. What do you, what do you think is going to get a million people? You're going you're gonna to get Vanderpump rules type of ratings with this? What are you talking about? Stop. They have, they have nothing to talk about. So, AW's in the mud. Are they really? Are they really in the mud, Gabe? I, I, well, I'd like to extend that to any and all sports TV ratings. You don't have to care about them. <laughs> Turns out you don't have to give two craps about any of it. It doesn't matter to any of you. The only thing it matters to is TV executives. And guess what all those TV executives keep doing? <laughs> they keep giving the NFL, which is the only one that continues to go up. They keep to give Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, UFC, WWE, AEW, whatever other sport entity you want to throw in there. Guess what they keep doing? Keep giving them more money. <laughs> That's all you should care about is that these sports executives continue to give those entities money to put on a show. That's really all you need. And then as, as a fan, the only thing as wrestling fans, we need to care about. And, and I've kind of learned this, I think by doing this show, cause I've stopped giving a rip what the dynamite number is on Wednesday, what the, what the raw number is on Monday. I just don't care. I'm watching it. I, I don't care if other people are watching it. Did I enjoy it? That's right. all I care about. Was this a good show? 
And that's all you need to care about as a wrestling fan. Was this a good show if you happen to watch it? Well, that's the thing for me with the numbers. Like, I only care because I feel like they push each other. Like, we saw wrestling at an all-time low when it was just Vince, when there was no competition, when there was no WCW where he can put whatever he wants up there and some people are going to watch. Like, as these two companies grow, it's going to make the product better. And, like, to the question, like, we have a lot of AEW options right now, which is awesome. Yes, so what, what what my whole point is is that when all these podcasters lead with well, especially uh, Eric Bischoff, oh the CM Punk, he's not to draw. No one's watching CM Punk. No people are watching, but they watch because they watch at their own time. Mm-hmm. No, they don't have to sit their ass down on, at seven o'clock central on Saturdays uh, after when I'm done with bowling. When I'm done going out uh, on the town, I'll watch it early Sunday morning. Hell, I'll watch it Sunday afternoon. Hell, I'll watch it Monday when I get off of work. Right. Because that's what that's what this is. That's why you have DVR numbers. So, so the the whole idea was all oh, these shows. Like, like for instance, do you think AEW's any of their shows are going to be canceled because of low ratings? <laughs> what the hell do you think this is? I mean, also, I mean it's been three weeks. Right, They've been goodness. on air for three weeks. Walkers in the mud. No, they have an Apple deal. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> just fine, thank you. Right, because they're getting paid for the product. College football, NFL is the same thing. So these wrestling guys who don't understand the numbers, by the way, they actually don't understand it, 0.15. Boy, this company's not going to last long. This is like WCW. No, it's not. Because well, right. the, rating, the ratings game has changed in 2023 versus yeah. what it was in 1998, and Eric hasn't figured that out. And it's an on-demand world. There's a reason, Hood, that our radio shows that we do yeah. Turns out we offer those as podcasts and people can listen back to them at their convenience. Yeah. Because because that's the way people are used to consuming things in 2023. Yeah, some people might catch it live, which is great. I'm I'm appreciative of those fans. I'm also appreciative of the fans that download our shows on our different platforms that we have because hey, maybe our morning show is inconvenient for them, but they still want to listen back later. That's exactly right. And I'm swimming in download numbers. I'm doing the <laughs> download numbers. Every time I see them, I'm just swimming it back. To, well, well, you're right. Your ratings aren't the look. Hey, here's my YouTube. Here's my downloads of the podcast. Suck it. Because that's what <laughs> that's how people are consuming content. And these wrestling guys still don't get it. Meltzer's right on the top of it. Boy, 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 the AEW, boy, they're in the mud. They're going to be struggling. Oh, I don't know, Brian. It's going to be bad. Is it going to be bad, really? How much money are they making from this? I'm just so tired of it, man. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do, bro. It's, I mean, I love our podcast. I'm going to just start unsubscribing from a lot of these places because because they're saying the same thing. They're just well, saying hey, that, right here because we're talking about a QR code up there. Click it, subscribe to us. Do your thing oh, on YouTube right sure. now. Yeah. Oh, well, how about that? <laughs> hmm. Look at this guy. We just made one just in, in Dirty's Rants. <laughs> yeah. <He> just, <laughs> <laughs> he just made one two minutes ago. We've never had that on the show. This is awesome. This is so cool. Bro, technology was ranting. He's like, you know what? QR code. Bam. We <laughs> really appreciate that, bro. It's, that's talent. There it is. Click it. Oh, what do we have in news and notes this week? All right. Uh, we'll start with some contract stuff from uh, Jay Hood's friend, Dave Meltzer. He says Ronda Rousey has a, quote, hard out with the WWE. It's expected to be around SummerSlam. Also, speaking of contract stuff, Drew McIntyre apparently has not changed his contract status. His contract is expected to go till WrestleMania 40 because of the time he took off, but no extension just yet for Drew. 
Uh, when it comes to Ronda, cool. I guess she's going to have a blow-off feud with Shayna Baszler and then peace out. Right. Yeah. she's she was, she was fun when she started. Like, when she first popped out there with The Rock and, you know, he let her into the ring at, I don't remember what WrestleMania number that was. Like, it was exciting. She's had an interesting relationship with the professional wrestling world. And I think a lot of fans have soured on her. She doesn't do much for me anymore. Um, so... You know, hey, good luck to her going forward, but I, I don't think I'm going to miss her too much in professional wrestling ring. So you don't need, need to put up the the, the uh, graphic, bro. It's this is we're answering it now because I know the question was Ronda Rousey a success or failure in wrestling? It's a fail. Yeah, uh, from, especially from WWE standpoint, right? I'm sure she did her did well with merch with the Rowdy Roddy Piper type of you know T-shirts that she had. But it just never clicked. Uh, she hated us as wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince told her to smile because you're a baby face, and that never worked. And now I'm just really confused with this Baszler thing. Baltimore had me confused on Raw. Like, who's the baby face? Who's the heel here? I don't get it. Do they know who the face and heel is in this? It no. Just, it was a spectacle. <laughs> I don't know what to nope. do with it. It's weird. And the weird thing with Ronda is, like, I feel like that debut at Mania was so good that it was almost too good. Like everyone was blown away by that mixed tag match, and then oh, with her and Kurt, that, with her and yeah. Kurt, was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everything after that was like, all right, well, it wasn't that. Like it's a letdown after that. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I think again, there was a swing and a miss. They just needed to let her be the baddest woman on the planet. You know, having her try to be a smiling baby face, trying to have her be Raquel Rodriguez was a bad idea. Just let her go out there and kick ass, and everybody would have, and everybody would have gravitated to her the way that people did with Brock Lesnar. Like you had the female version of Brock Lesnar, you just had to let her go out there and kick ass, and they didn't let her do it. You know what, Gabe? She couldn't. We she couldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean. In that tag team match is one of the great debuts. It's funny. She was the she was a standard of debuts. Yeah. Like, wow, what she did with Triple H and stuff. That was great. And then here comes Bad Bunny. And then here comes like Logan Paul. Like, oh my, that's what a debut looks like. Oh my God, right? It's almost like anybody can do it that they're skilled. Um, no, I, you know what? Let her kick ass. What's that mean? She was always sloppy in the ring. She always mm-hmm. was on, she always came across uncoordinated. Here's what's weird. Baszler got it with her own style. Like she didn't whip people in the ropes and did the old sports entertainment thing. She just did it her way. The thing I'm confused about is like I I can't do Shayna Baszler as a baby face. She's just a baby right. face on TikTok. But she's yeah. but uh, it, it, you know, but I I don't know what to do with this. When I saw them rolling around the, on the you know outside in Baltimore, I'm like, what's going on here? What does this mean? I like the little shoot that she did. That was kind of cool. Uh, the little shoot of uh, uh, Baszler saying, okay, let me take over because you struggle on the microphone or something like that. That was interesting. Yeah. Wow. I didn't expect that, but I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, no, yeah. Shayna doesn't work as a face. Like, Shayna at her best was, like, her being a badass in NXT. Like, just choking people out, being the champ there, and, like, they really haven't even hit that mark since they called her up to the main roster. If you're watching on YouTube, scan the QR code. We got some people scanning it right there. Scan it. It was just made two minutes ago, fresh out of the oven from Brian Rowitz. Just from the made- mind of Brian Rowitz, a QR code. Just fresh out of the oven. Here you go. It was there made with go. love. It was made it with was. love. Yes. It was. Yes. Come on. Thank you for your time, a QR code people. Smells um, good. Mm. <laughs> Piping hot. 
In the AEW world, a new star might be making his way to our wrestling lives. Next week, it was announced he will debut at the age of 18. He's been signed since February of last year. Nick Wayne on AEW Dynamite. He will take on Swerve Strickland on his Dynamite debut. And who knows? If he does well enough, maybe they'll put him in blood and guts next week. (laughs) In two weeks. He kick ass. Yeah, Yeah. that is true. That's not a terrible idea. So this is when you know Gabe Nigel's a bad wrestling friend. We we have told him for months. Did we not, bro? It's, yep. We told him, hey, what? we gave him the link. That's the other thing. Yes. Did he give me a link? You did give me a link. The Defy link, right? From Portland. <laughs> mm-hmm. The great link. I, we told him because you saw him. I've seen uh-huh. him. When he was 16, he was taking on like uh, Osprey. Osprey. They were oh. doing Osprey, yes. And I know it sounds crazy, right? Oh, he's 16. There's no way. No, those are great matches. Yeah. It wasn't like they were giving a kid anything. He is a second-generation wrestler. A great piece, by the way. Dynamite did something really yes. well by giving that little video piece. But we gave you when two years ago, a year ago, <laughs> quality matches that you wouldn't watch. Wait till you see him. He's outstanding. Even Mania Weekend, working GCW, him and his tag team partner taking on Motor City Machine Guns. Like, oh. the kid can go. He's 18. AEW's been waiting for his 18th birthday. And next week, we get to see him on national TV against Swerve. And we know what Swerve can do already. That on Dynamite, by the way? Yep. Yes. Yeah, it'll be next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That's, that's way too much. He should, it should have been on It should have been on Rampage. It okay. was the 100th episode of Rampage airing tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. They taped it last night. Yeah, I don't know about Dynamite, but it, sh- it should have been on like one of those shows. It should have been on Rampage, probably. But I'm looking forward to it. If if kids, if you watch him, and by, by the way, we're just giving you a little, little heads up. Find this young man. Watch him before you watch Dynamite. That gives you the idea. Am I going to have a new wrestler on top of my best wrestler in the world rankings after I watch that match? Uh, he's not Latino, so no. <laughs> All right. Okay. He doesn't have a mask on. He doesn't walk okay. So, right. so, so probably not. It's, you haven't gotten into Commander yet, have you? Yeah, I mean, I've seen Commander matches, but yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not Vikingo or Ray. Yeah, exactly. Right, Phoenix, Phoenix, I should say. Oh, only yeah. if Wayne puts a mask on. That's the only reason you're going to get into him. So no. Elsewhere, news and notes. This guy will not be walking any ropes. Eddie Kingston this week beat Kenta to win the New Japan Strong Openweight title. Gave an emotional post-match promo saying wrestling in Japan is what kept him out of trouble. And this was a dream come true. Man, I feel great for Eddie. I'm surprised he didn't like try to give the championship back. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's that's it, it's awesome. It's it's awesome that he gets that run, gets that recognition, and I hope he does well in uh, in the G1. I'm happy for him as well. Um, this it's funny. He says New Japan kept him out of trouble. Like, so it was he going to be out doing something wrong? Uh-huh. Said he watched New Japan tapes. I mean, it, it, this is his dream, and so I'm I'm happy for him. Um, I guess he won't be at blood and guts at all, right? So we just rule him out because of G1. Okay. He's in the G1. I'm putting this out in the universe now, but imagine the reaction if he's the one that beats MJF to win that title. <laughs> they got they have a lot more to do to to heat him up to that level. Do it at Arthur Ashe. Do it in New York. Ooh, hear that ESPN New York? Okay. The, the tickets are coming, by the way. You could that thing's gonna sell out, I think. If you could bless with good weather, I think it'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Eddie Kingston is heavyweight champion. That'll put butts in seats. Oh, it's Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> butts in seats. Hey, it worked for that final. Well, speaking of tickets, Russell takes providing an update this week on all in tickets at Wembley. 74,888 
have been distributed. It's set up now for about 87,000. Sunday, August 27th is when we'll see all in. So all the success with, they've, that, with the, what they've had in selling tickets. Definitely wasn't a coincidence that John Cena showed up and started the full court press for London to host a WrestleMania. How dare you accuse them of that? <laughs> I mean, it, but that, that's pretty good for like a little company, by the way. Congratulations on beating our, our what is what did Triple H our, our B show? Yeah, our C yeah, show yeah congratulations one. on beating our our developmental. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, WWE ignored that market for how long? They, and Cena said it was the first time in twenty years they did a pay per view in London. And AEW decided, hey, we're going to take advantage of how often you did not go there. They're selling out a stadium. And now WWE's like, huh, well, that's not a bad idea. Like, I, it, it was, I, I had a buddy who came over to watch Money in the Bank with me. I looked at him, I go, this is the only reason this is happening is because <laughs> AEW is doing a show there and WWE wants to beat all their records. WWE doesn't want them to have a record at Wembley. WWE is going to be coming for those in a WrestleMania. And a reminder, they've announced uh, zero matches for that card. That's exactly right. That's how excited they are. But it's, it's just typical WWE, guys. It's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Cena's busy. And Vince said, God damn, pal, say something. Like, and, and, and flew him in and flew him right out of, the, of London just to say, what if WrestleMania in London? And of course the fans will be all for it. The only <laughs> thing is, is that WWE will make probably more money for this because it will be a two-night event. Mm-hmm. And Tony likes to get, I don't know, 18 hours of wrestling in one night, uh, which I don't understand. <laughs> so, so I would say that if WrestleMania, where are we on now? 40 is... It'll be 40s, Philadelphia. The reports for the 41 pretty much already been decided. So for, so it's time for Tony Khan after this successful event, and it's already successful before we even get there at Wembley. Have another one and have it two nights. Then say, WWE, can you beat that? Right. That's what you do. I mean, if you really want to screw with them, because that's the only reason why John was there. John didn't have any match he was setting up. He was doing anything. He was just saying, what if, what if WrestleMania London? And, of course, the crowd loved it. So I I would say that if you're AEW, have this and say, you know what? We had such a great time. We'll have two nights, and we're going to fill it up twice. Now what are you going to do? Have WrestleMania for three nights? <laughs> Beat that. <laughs> And look, you could probably even do it next year where in and I have been a proponent that All Out is their WrestleMania because it's just been it's meant so much to the company, you know, the roots of being all in. Have all in and all out there next year. Just run it back again next year. Just have both shows there instead of trying to run back a, another major event just a week later. That's that's what I'm gonna be interested to see is how many fans no, because it, it'll be well. I have no doubt that All Out will be well attended in Chicago. I got questions about Dynamite and Collision, but I have no doubt that All Out will be attended well. But I'm also curious how many people are going to want to buy both of those, you know, All In and All Out. I would agree with you that they both should be the UK. And mm-hmm. I love when Russell comes to my hometown. They got no business coming back here. Yeah, it's just, just saying. Like, they do it too much. It's too much. Can we breathe for a little bit? <laughs> can we just get a breather? Come back in Thanksgiving because this is what's going to happen. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, they're coming back Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You yeah, know it. Thanksgiving. Yeah, they'll be right back at Thanksgiving. It's like, so you're just wearing the F out of this market. But hey, we keep coming. Yeah, that's no, it's, you got no one to blame but yourselves. Yeah, we keep you, coming. You keep I mean, showing up. It won't be any empty seats. There's like, oh, AEW's coming. Here we go. CM Punk, you know, so. We keep showing up. That's why they keep coming to Chicago. It's the most sure thing that they have. Mm-hmm. It's Jacksonville and Chicago. 
That's the yep. most sure markets that they have. And, and Toronto is going to be on that list too, as sure markets as well. Mm-hmm. That was a great crowd for them for uh, for the uh, show that they had. The paper yeah, for Forbidden Door, yeah. yeah, Forbidden Door was great up there. All right, boys, what'd you have for your match of the week? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, I think all three of us probably have Natty Neidhart against Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Well, here's what happens, bro. It's when you have time, right? Yeah. When you have time, Natty Neidhart could go. She's female Dolph Ziggler. She's just good yep. enough to be able to get others over. But that was fantastic. And, you know, the thing I was disappointed in, Natty's on Busted Open, and she's like, well, I, I proved to Rhea that I could hang and I could like, get out of the storyline. Just be real for a second, right? It's got to be frustrating for her as a veteran, knowing that that three quarters of the women in there can't hang with her. Nope. But yet she was able to get it done well against Rhea Ripley. A fantastic match. My MJF- one thing with that, I did have that match down. It's like, but why? Like, why the squashes before? Like, we've seen her squash the last few times. Like, that to me just didn't make sense. But yes, a hell of a match. Uh, MJF against Ethan Page. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, the uh, impromptu match was hilarious. I mean, fantastic. Yeah. Well, and we've been saying this about Ethan Page, I feel, for a while, that the dude can go. Like, they're just, they, they haven't been able to find him the right avenue to be featured. Like, I mean, he just keeps fading to the background, you know? It's just, they, they haven't been able to find something great for him to really just sink his teeth into. He was in his hometown, his country's hometown. And uh, that was a better match than I thought it was going to be. I know Ethan Page could go. I just didn't know how the two would mesh. Pretty much two heels. But Page, he gave a hell of a promo. A hell of mm-hmm. a promo. And I thought that match was really, really well done. But you got to feel for the local guy who was about to come out and get the opportunity that Ethan cut off. <laughs> the big <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah, the big guy. <laughs> always bro, it's thinking, you know, always thinking about, about the that indie guy. guys. Yeah. yeah. Always sticking up for the indie guys. Even when they're in Canada, the Canadian right. indie guys. Brian's even into those guys. Got to feel Listen, for him. You got to feel for them. What else is on your list, bro? It's- uh, the other ones out there out there, Swerve and Keith Lee versus Orange and Darby. As frustrating as the Swerve and Keith Lee thing is, like, I enjoyed that match. Darby being thrown across the ring. Like, <laughs> it, it, it had a lot of potential. Yeah, and I wanted to really like it. It was a little too sloppy. Like they, hmm. they, there, there was a little sloppiness. It wasn't as clean as I was hoping for to start off. Um, because again, you have to start off uh, dynamite on Wednesday night. If Wednesday <laughs> night does not start off with Jefferson Airplane, does the show even happen? <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's funny. I saw. So you're gonna. So how many mistakes did you count in that match where Keith Lee and Swerve ran into each other? There was a mistake, like four. Three, yeah. four times, but Part but no story. It's but long-term no storytelling. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it! From January. Oh yeah, my, yeah, yeah exactly. They're just like and, and no physicality, right? No physicality. Oh man! And then the other one, just from a storytelling standpoint, is the Civil War match, like Roman and Solo versus the Usos. Like it's awesome to see the Usos continue to get these opportunities, and they just really shined in that main event. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the Civil War was a lot of fun in in ev- in the way that every Bloodline match has been. Like it is an overbooked mess, but like in the best way possible. You know, with with all the different false finishes and the referee getting knocked out, they've they've got like a formula down for Bloodline matches at this point, and it, it it hit all the spots. And there was legitimate shock that to me that Roman was the one who took the pinfall there. I enjoyed the Women's Money in the Bank match more than I enjoyed the men's. Correct. 
Um, the women's one, you know, was fantastic. Um, the, the way it ended again with EO, uh, handcuffing Bailey and Becky Lynch together was a great ending. I thought as she climbed the ladder, that was fantastic. And last night's main event on dynamites. I mean, you get the little shit in the ring with Kenny Omega and it was going to deliver. And it did, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Omega knows only one speed. Yep. I mean, there, there's no TV match, Teddy Omega. No. <laughs> there isn't. Like, he understands the time in his head because he's be, or he's being told, but just like, yeah, there's just one speed. And I know he's still not 100% from Osprey. He's taped up all the way to his neck, to his back. And it really, uh, it, it, that meant a lot more for Yuta than it is for Omega because mm-hmm. Yuta to me is moving up and up and up. Yeah, he's losing matches, but he's in high profile matches doing well. I also I wanted to put Seth versus Finn, but the ending was just too, like I, I don't know. I just didn't. I guess maybe I didn't get it. Like just Damian Priest was gonna make it a triple threat. He just like stood up and that distracted Finn and cost him the match. It was just it was very odd and confusing. That's just a little storytelling little gimmick there because it's like okay, if you hit this Seth uh, or or Finn, you'll win the championship. And and the thought is, well, is he gonna cash in on me? That's what yeah. Finn's thinking. Like wait. And there was, there was a little hesitation there, like, wait, if I do this, will you cash in on me? Mm-hmm. And like, and so that's maybe that's why the finish wasn't as uh, aesthetically pleasing as we would have liked. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to add to the match of the week? No, no I think I think we hit them all. all um, right. Nothing on SmackDown. Uh, I agree with you that the women's uh, Money in the Bank was uh, slightly more impressive than the men. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, bro. It's your thoughts on Cody Dom. Go ahead. Cody Dom uh, for <laughs> Money in the Bank. It served its purpose. Dom has improved. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Dom has improved. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's how we're ending the show this week. Uh, if you haven't, go ahead and, and uh, hit that QR code in the corner of the screen. You can always comment, subscribe on YouTube, and make sure, because there are plenty of things going on in the world of professional wrestling as we continue to build all these different feuds. We'll talk about them, every last one of them, next week right here on GKW. QR code. Huh.